When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We're back with another episode of the Lakers Fast Break podcast. It's Gerald Glasser. Come right back at you here from Lakers Fast Break, pop culture cosmos, where we cover the world of pop culture. Yes, even the Halo series, Search and Destroy. I'll have to argue with you on the first season, but the second season actually is watchable. And I'll give it that. But we cover the latest news and trends in pop culture each and every week, twice a week, wherever you get your podcast. Plus also as well, Inside Sports Fantasy Football Joe, Mr. All-Star Break Friday is August 1947 at LakersBall.com. Plus, of course, he is the guy behind Simblades, Simblades with the Y.com. And during, during the games, when they take place next week, he'll be back with his Lakers nightcap at 10 or 11, depending on how early or late that game ends. So go ahead and check out Lakers nightcap with Joe Soro. He needs, his liver needs to recover. So he's taking a little bit of time off for the nightcap until the next game for the Lakers. Go ahead and check it out there. Plus also as well, our good friends, Daniel Berry Sports Highlights. Yo! Also as well, of course, Lakers in 5, Empire Jeff TV, John McCallion, and of course, John Costa's great channels, Clutch Talk and the Lakers Corner. Hopefully we're working on something with John that, you will be liking here in the coming days. So hopefully we can go ahead and get that all squared away. But it is, of course, also those great channels you need to support. And speaking of supporting great channels, go ahead and click on the little Joe above the big Joe today to get the latest notifications on when we go live on the air with the latest Lakers Fast Break podcast. And once again, from the bottom of our heart, thank you so much for being part of our over 1,400 subscribers here on YouTube are well over 500 followers on Facebook and all the other followers on Twitch, Twitter as well. Well, thought we'd get in another show before the evening sets, talking about some of the latest Lakers news that's out there. While there's not a whole lot going on with All-Star Friday, there is a little bit of Lakers news when it comes to the Hall of Fame. Hall of Fame announced its uh, 14 finalists that are up for bid for a chance to see if they could get voted into the Basketball Hall of Fame. So I thought I'd run down some of the candidates here for you. Chauncey Billups, Mr. Big Shot, and now coach of the Portland Trailblazers. Walter Davis, all-time leading scorer for the Phoenix Suns, who passed away in November. Bo Ryan, who was a head coach for the University of Wisconsin-Platteville, Wisconsin-Milwaukee, and the University of Wisconsin itself, having a over 360 wins to his ledger. Charles Smith of Louisiana's all-time winningest high school head coach. Plus also as well, of course, 
Other nominees include Simone Augustus, Dick Barnett, Harley Redden, Michelle Timms, Doug Collins, Herb Simon, Jerry West is a big name as well. Plus also, let's go ahead and hit get some of the big names. Vince Carter, the man who for, will forever make Frederick Weiss famous. He is up for a candidacy as well. And of course, I want to go ahead and mention the reason why we're doing this show. Michael Cooper, a much beloved six man, the Koopa Loop himself. He is up for a bid for the Hall of Fame for basketball. So looking forward to seeing if he can get in. But is he deserving? And will he get in? That's the question on today's show. And here today to hopefully answer that for us out there with his opinion, plus mine as well, is, of course, the guy behind Simblade. Simblades with a Y.com, Oxide247 at LakersBall.com. And, of course, the guy that hosts Lakers nightcap and a cup of morning Joe as well. It is Joe Soro. Joe, great to have you here. Thought we'd go ahead and change it up a little bit. Not a Lakers one-on-one per se, but a lot of great history. When you talk about Michael Cooper, he's a five-time NBA champion, voted defensive player of the year in 1987, eight-time all defensive team player. And then, of course, he coached the WNBA Los Angeles Sparks to back-to-back titles in 2001 and 2002 after being the coach of the year for the WNBA in 2000. So it's a nice resume. Is it nice enough to be Hall of Fame worthy, my friend? The way the Naismith Hall of Fame picks their Hall of Famers, yes. That sounded like a backhanded compliment, right? Yes. Claire, please clarify if I can ask. My definition of Hall of Famers is a little bit more strict than than what's usually done in, at, with the Naismith Hall of Fame. Uh, for those who haven't heard it before, this is not the NBA Hall of Fame. The NBA does not have a Hall of Fame. This is the Basketball Hall of Fame. So that includes international. That includes women's leagues, women's contributions, college basketball. Uh, those those all factor into the Basketball Hall of Fame. It's not the NBA Hall of Fame. As a fan of Michael Cooper, I would say it's very likely he's going to get in. Uh, eight-time All-Defensive Player, Defensive Player of the Year in 1987, had a huge contributor to the Laker dynasty of the 80s. Uh, the guy that Larry Bird dubbed the best defender you ever played against i think at that point you 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 have merit to get in to the hall of fame and it'd be nice to see number 14 <laughs> the number the, the 14th jersey up there with like with coop being up there he is a laker legend it would it would fit it would fit the the dynamic there very very well and One thing I do want to ask you, though, it just seems like his name is out there. And what I've seen already is like it's on the fence for him this time around. Could it be something where you see him getting in the first time or will it take a little while longer? A la what we see quite often in baseball Hall of Fames, where it takes a little while longer for him to get in. I, I could see it taking a while. I mean, looking at the candidates this year, I would say if there was a time for him to be in, it'd be this one. I agree. I, that's, I was just going to say that. I, I, 
I, I look at Chauncey Billups. I, I guess he might get in, although I don't know. Vince Carter, he, he was a huge contributor in, in building an, an image of the NBA and was a pretty good player, very good player. I wouldn't say he was great, but he did make basketball popular in a different country. So that it's very likely Vince Carter goes to the Hall of Fame. Okay. Uh, Charles Smith, uh, we're, we're talking about the same Charles Smith of the Knicks? No, this is a different Charles Smith. Uh, one of the, how should I say, most successful high school coaches, I believe, in the Louis, in the Louisville area. I'm going to go ahead and get you the exact, uh, just brought it up earlier. Yes, uh, Louisiana's all-time winningest head coach. Okay. Th- 1,071, I think. Okay, I, I know that the, the contributors, a lot of these names on the list, I, I'm not familiar with, so I'm Pardon, pardon my ignorance on their contributions and their fields. I'm sure they did a great job. And if they're on the list, then they obviously did some good. Uh, Jerry West is going to go into the Hall of Fame. As yeah, a- I didn't. You notice I didn't say his name because that's a no-brainer. He's already in as a player. I think he. Well, the question I have for you on that is: Jerry West a better executive than he was a player? I think it, it, it was more. He had more impact as an executive. Okay, that's because what I was- as a player. As a player, he, he he lost nine NBA Finals and won one. And as an executive, he would you say he was part of the three P? Excuse me, the third championship. I'd say he put the, a lot of the seeds in place. Yes, but but did he get a ring for that? I've never asked. I that I'm not sure of. I... Okay, because he <laughs> retired after. And I'm not sure after the season ticket fiasco, you want to go running down to El Segundo to go okay. ask. Well, questions. let's look at it this way. His contribution as an executive from 1979 to the 2000s, let's say the magic era and then the Kobe and Shaq era, he contributed to bringing 10 championships as due to his decision-making. Would that would that be correct? Yes, I, that would be correct. Very astute. Would, would you say that. he was an integral part in 1980 when Magic came in? Also, like, was he a big contributor of that title? As much as winning time kind of describes it for you in its own inevitable way, yes, he because was. Because we had already discussed, we had already discussed that, and and this was years ago that there was interest in Sidney Moncrief. It was very clear. The thing is, we, I don't believe it was that intense that he wanted Sidney Moncrief over Magic. And that might have been why he was really upset. That Those type of things might have been embellished. And that might have upset him more than the fact that he was, his character was in a uh, fetal position in tidy whites. I actually would have been laughing if somebody had done that for me. I actually would have laughed. <laughs> Because I've never, <laughs> I never wore tidy whities in my whole life. But there's something funny about tidy. Not even whities. as a kid, mom no, didn't dress you up. No, no, okay. I didn't. Uh, not white. Uh, I've always been a dark, <laughs> dark clothes type. Of okay, kid. I was just gonna say, even can you please clarify the color if they were not white? Well, I'm. They weren't boxers. They were. They were, you know, same style, just not white. But. He, he, he won more as an executive. I think he had more impact 
which is mind-boggling to me because he was a great player. But the results as an executive were greater than the results of him as a player. As far as his ability, it's the same. He was just as talented as a player as he was an executive, which, by the way, is in in and itself an amazing accomplishment. Typically, great players don't become great executives or coaches. So uh, Jerry West is, is an anomaly in many ways. I never thought I would have to type the words tidy whitey uh but for cool bro since he doesn't understand what that is yet because again he's 15 so we have to explain a lot i am so you know what all i say cool bro when you look back in your life when you reach our age please think of us fondly as far as many things hopefully we taught to you in a positive fashion but for now you'll know that we are the guys that told you what tidy whitey is all about the underwear there you go so yes, but uh, out of all and, that discussion, oh, that's all you guys are fixated on. It seemed like it. Yes, I was. I was giving you good points. You were Gary West and the Hall of Fame, his contribution as a player and as an executive, and you. They're worried about underwear they, discussion. Yes, they did. But I'd say Jerry West. I it's close for me, Joe, but I would say he made more impact as an executive. I would agree with you there. He's a surefire Hall of Famer the second time around. I have no doubt. I don't, I just assumed it was already, it had already happened, Joe. That's how much I, I don't understand why just all of a sudden they got around to it because he's been executive, I think more than a few days, Joe. I think he's been executive long enough to qualify a long time ago. I don't know. Yeah, I haven't had a chance to really look into why it took, I mean, Michael Michael Cooper <laughs> retired in 1990. We're talking about 34 years. Why did it take so long for him to get on the ballot? Same thing with Je- Jerry West as an executive. How long is, has he been an executive? You know, now he's just in an advisor role. He's, in a, he's, he's at least officially been an executive since 1980. That's 43 year, 44 years. <laughs> I don't know. That's a good question. I, I, uh, you'd have to ask. The NFL is, uh, no, uh, Darren, Jerry West was more of the 90s Atlanta Braves than the Buffalo Bills. The Atlanta Braves in the 90s at least won a title. Buffalo Bills didn't win anything. You got to get your stuff right. You guys got to pay attention to history. So They're still fixated on the tiny ways. <laughs> you guys, I love our audience. You guys are all low, low-hanging fruit type of people, man. Seriously, what the hell's the matter with you? Pay attention. That was a that was a, an example I was trying to put in, and then you guys keep talking about it. Jesus, I'm sorry, Joe. I'm trying to stay with you on it. I'm trying to stay on point, but sometimes, you know, when you have the best Lakers chat room that's out there, the Lakers fast break, they do have a tendency, especially with Kurt Affair, when he steps in. Yeah, absolutely. This is Raphael from NBADraftJunkies.com, and you are listening to the Lakers Fast Break. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. Uh, So you would watch The Tomorrow War before The Matrix? Yes. You forced me down. I was tied into a chair, and I had to watch one thing. I would say The Matrix Resurrections really funny yeah because of all the cutscenes, i could remember what a good movie was like 
<laughs> well played, sir. Well played. Yes, that's the only reason for the flashbacks, to remind you what a good Matrix movie was. That's the Pop Culture Cosmo Show. And the PCC Multiverse. Catch our shows on Worldwide Radio seven days a week and wherever you get your podcasts. Please hit that like button. As Search and Intel Wild has suggested, please go ahead and do so. Subscribe today to get the latest notifications on when we go live on the air with the latest Lakers Fast Break. It is Joe Sorrow along with me, Gerald Glassford. Thanks so much for watching this thing. Before we get into any other Lakers talk, I still want to go ahead and focus in a little bit more on the Hall of Fame. So you think at some point in time, maybe not first ballot, but at some point in time, Michael Cooper will get in. I'd say this is a good chance for him to get in this year. I think with the candidates that he's lined up against, I think it is as well. If he gets in, I will be very happy. I'll be honest. I, I know Magic will. I know everybody. They all his, his crew is going to be happy. They, they, we're talking about a 12-year Laker veteran who won five titles, hadn't played with anybody else too, a lifelong Laker, and a, a huge, huge cog in that championship dynasty. He's got to get his. The only way he can get his jersey up there is 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 by getting into the Hall of Fame. The Lakers do not put jerseys up there unless you're a Hall of Famer. So I'm going to be rooting for Mike Cooper. I, I am as well because you know when Bird gives you that compliment, that is a lot of weight. Bird being one of the greatest players of all time, even if you're a Celtics hater like us, you've got to respect Bird, and you got to respect Bird's talent. Not only as a as a guy, just again one of the best players of all time, but as a talent evaluator as well that he went on to being. I think Joe that that speaks volumes, and I think that the veterans committee, or if he's not put on that first ballot, a veterans committee of some type will eventually put him in the Hall of Fame. It's just I think it's at some point in time it will happen, Joe. But you're right. This is the best year seeing. The candidates, there's nobody that's like a slam dunk outside of Jerry West as an executive. To me, on this list, there's nobody that's 100%. Even Vince Carter, because of how his career, I know he played forever, but his career kind of tailed off once his athleticism sort of tailed off and became a different player coming off the bench, more of an outside jump shot guy his career kind of tailed off. And so he wasn't as effective as that type of transformative, transformative player that he was earlier in his career. But those years, Vince Carter with his athleticism in the early years was just absolutely magnificent to watch. He, he defined basketball in Toronto. There's a, there's a huge contribution there. It's similar to Yao Ming who only played eight years being this international phenom that reinvigorated basketball in China. I would say that Vince Carter had that same effect in Canada. He was a perennial all-star for a while there. He was a very good player. He's not great, which is why my Hall of Fame window is a little different than most. If I was Make if I was calling, if I was voting for the Hall of Fame for players, you have to be great. You have to be great, not very good. That's that's the Hall of Fame. It's it's got to be for the great players. Vince Carter was very good. I wouldn't say he was great. 
I'm trying to but find he'll, out. He'll the, get in. He'll get in. He'll get in. If he'll Tracy get in. McGrady got in, he'll get in. Yeah, good point. Absolutely good point. Uh, you know, because those two were often paired with each other at that point of time, weren't they, Joe? They were. And, and Tracy McGrady, for about a three-year period, there was a lot of discussion on who was better, him or Kobe. And then I was at the game where Kobe put that to bed. <laughs> yeah that was like it was up for it was a question early on the 2000s i get that but yeah kobe really it was, it was similar it was similar to even though the stakes were higher it was similar to at, at that time uh jordan putting the kibosh on clyde drexler being his 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 equal there were some talks that they, they were the, there was some kind of i don't know connection between Jordan and Clyde Drexler being the best players and Michael Jordan said yeah that's not going to work for me so and I, that was in 04 in LA at Staples Kobe Kobe told T-Mac in the world that this is this is my game and there's nothing you can do about it uh to clarify Darren I believe from what I'm seeing in two separate articles written on it it's up to 10 Although the number varies per year to based on, I guess, uh, it has to, uh, you know, internal number of votes that are collected uh, between the players, uh, you know, the press uh, and basketball individuals that actually vote on it. So the number varies from year to year. Like last year, there was only four players that were deemed eligible or did get a high enough vote to get into the Hall of Fame, even though there were, again, 10, 12, 15 candidates. This year, there's 14 candidates on the books. I would say, personally, about five or six at the most will get in. Yeah, it's it's. It's, uh, I, it's I, not that it's not that great of a class. I'm gonna say it's not. It's because we don't, we don't recognize most of the list. I don't. There's too yeah. many. There's too many on there that I just don't. I don't know enough about. I mean, Simone uh, Simone Augustus because she's a four-time uh, champion, WNBA champion. I believe that's obviously something they're going to consider. Uh, but you're right, uh, Doug Collins. I don't. I personally, I wouldn't, even with his work for NBC. What are your thoughts on Doug Collins possibly getting in? Doug Collins is there's 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 a as a contributor, by the way. He's yeah, as listening. a contributor, Doug Collins will likely get in. Doug Collins, Doug Collins for 25 years was an integral part of the culture of the NBA. Yeah, it's. Yeah. Everyone knew who Doug Collins was. He's a big part of the NBA and uh, an ambassador of the NBA. He's going to get it. Uh, Chauncey Billups is still, for me, I, I would personally say no, but that's just me. In. He probably gets in. He probably I'm gets just... in. He's got a finals MVP, a championship. Same reason why, uh, and that takes him up a little. He's not as good as Vince Carter. He's not as good as... Tracy McGrady, but is a he's only a three-time all-star. No, five-time all-star, a three-time all-NBA player. I wouldn't have been there, but he's gonna get in there. Yeah, probably because like you said, the finals MVP really sticks out. He only he averaged only 15 points and five assists a game throughout his career. But well, for a minute there, he was a he was a bust. Yeah, that's true. But that but then again, if we're basing it on numbers, we wouldn't put a Michael Cooper based off his offensive numbers. So then his defense is really what stuck out for him. But a guy who had numbers was Walter Davis, who passed away in November, who's the all-time leading scorer for the Phoenix Suns. Your thoughts on Walter Davis? Really? They, 
they put him on the ballot after he passes. Yes, of course. Oh, man. I, look, I, I didn't, I've, I'm somewhat of a NBA historian. Uh, when you factor in the numbers, yeah, there, there's, especially at that time when Walter Davis played. Yeah, there was, there's a significant, uh, he, he, he was, he was one of those guys that was going to be a, a, a great player in the NBA. I mean, he was a rookie of the year. He was a six-time All-Star. Uh, played over a thousand games. It, 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 one of those guys that ended up coming out of, out of college and right away was was a was a good, very good player. I didn't get a chance to see him play. I just have read about him. I've great score. I'm not going to kid you wrong. I've yeah. seen him in action, but was he one of the definitive transformative players of his and generation? Most are not. Most, most definitive players are not. Six-time All-Star. Which is pretty good, especially in the NBA. When you're, that would say you're a perennial All-Star. If I think he, he's, to me, he's along the lines of where Michael Cooper is. Maybe not the first time around, but eventually he'll get in. So you're saying he might not make it through this year? Well, you're, we talked about how weak this this year is. So if there's a better chance, it would be there wouldn't be a better chance than now because of who will be coming down the pike for you know that might be eligible, that might be better options for people to vote on for the Hall of Fame. So you're right. If there's a if there's as good a chance for him to do it, it's this year. He, he came out. He came out the gate uh, very similar to Don Mattingly. Don Mattingly is an example I use for Walter Davis. Walter Davis, just like Don Mattingly, they they were MVP players the first four or five years of their career. They had a trajectory that that was right out the gate. And then it kind of went down a little bit. Uh, Slowly the points got it, you know, had to deal with some injuries here and there. And then the it was kind of back and forth, but if you if you're making the All Star game six times in this particular climate of how they factor in a Hall of Famer, it's probably likely he's going to get in. And the fact that he's not here anymore, there's going to be some sympathy votes, and he's probably going to get in. Okay. And there's no one really else that stands out to me. Herb Simon, longtime Indiana Pacers owner. I don't know if, you know, he really, you know, his layer of success as a uh, team owner, I don't, I don't really would put that any or much stock into it because he never, they never went to a, you know, a NBA finals and got the big price out of it. Cause you obviously know that the Lakers stopped them in one year. So yeah, I'd probably say right now that there's not a whole lot of standout candidates each and every one of those candidates that we've been talking about, whether it's Vince Carter, Michael Cooper, everybody outside, Jerry West is the definitive candidate. He is a no-brainer. Outside of Jerry West, anyone is fair game, I think, in this list. Okay. So how many get in each year, usually? Again, it's, I've seen, I, I look at the list, there's up to 10. You can have up to 10 based on uh, the number of votes they, I guess they get. I, which it doesn't tell you exactly how many votes that they need to so get there's in. there's 14 on the list. Yes. It's, it's the North American Committee finalists, 
It's the women finalists, the veteran, the international, and the contributors. So they're going to pick 10 out of that 14, maybe. That can be as much as they can get, or they all can get in if, if, if they get enough percentage of votes. I'm not familiar with the NBA, or I'm sorry, the Naismith voting of the NBA. I'm sorry. The voting of Hall of Famers that are that have contributed to basketball. They usually don't have that information readily available. It'd be nice if they did. Yes. Baseball does it well, but I don't know about the Naismith Hall of Fame. Yeah, baseball does it well because it tell you it, it does in numbers when they show you who made it in, who who to make. You can argue about the, you know, the end result about who who's in, who's out, but at least they show you statistical analysis. The NBA basketball, NBA Hall of Fame, basketball Hall of Fame, Naismith Hall of Fame, whatever you want to say. They never show you the results. They just tell you who's in, and and that's it. We should we should investigate that. <laughs> so it, it makes this discussion a little bit more viable, doesn't it? <sighs> Possibly. I mean, yes. there's only there's only four hundred things we do in a day. Might as well make it four hundred. Yeah, so let's make it four hundred one. Absolutely. Yeah. But again, it's not readily available. I've I actually did look. I'm not I'm not uh I'm just joking, guys. We we actually prepare for this kind of stuff. <laughs> I don't know where I don't know. I, I th- there's been some sites I got on I I haven't had a chance to really understand how the hell this works. I mean, cuz you know, there's been some years there was only one candidate that was chosen or they got the high enough of votes to get into the Hall of Fame. And then there's again, I so told you as many I see 8, I see 9. I believe I'm not mistaken, in one year, I got in. Eight, I'm sorry, eight. So, yeah, I mean, it just, it's no rhyme or reason on it's actually how many gets in, but it says up to 10. So, okay, we go from there. I'm going to be cheering for Coop. Yes, as am I. Jerry West, two Lakers. It'd be nice to have two Lakers going to the Hall of Fame this year. Are they going to retire a jersey that says contributor for Jerry West? Give him the seats and tickets back. Although he'd probably tell you where to ta- where to put them. That would be great if he did that on the air. Took the mic, gave him the mic to say thank you. He said, "Yeah, oh yeah, we give you your honorary seats back," and he'd tell you where to go. Too much class. Yeah, that's true. Although winning time didn't portray it as well as I had hoped. Portray West. I really don't understand what the big deal was. I like Jerry West more because of that show now. And I didn't think I could love him anymore. Okay. Even if it wasn't true, I don't give a crap. Jerry West is the wolf that eats the dogs. This is an 80-year-old man still talking smack. After all, And he is. Absolutely. That's, I, love, I, I love that part of him. He's yeah. never lost that competitiveness. He's never losing it. Guys like him, guys like Pat Riley will never lose it. Respect it because that's a dying breed. It's a dying breed. Somebody asks him, "You were you a dog back then? He goes, no, I wasn't a dog. I was the wolf, and the wolf eats dogs. And I was just like, damn. I'll trick to that. Once again, it is the Lakers fast. Mamba forever, baby. Mamba forever. Yes. It is the Lakers fast break. It is Joe Soro chug-a-lugging right now, the body armor. The body armor from Mamba forever. There you go right there. 
It is Gerald Glassford. Thanks so much again for watching and listening. Please like and subscribe to get the latest notifications on when we go live on the air. The latest Lakers fast break. Cobra says, Gerald, once I was at a theme park and I wanted to go on a roller coaster, so I was sitting between two girls and I had a straight face the whole ride to make myself look good. And I Hold thought I was so Whoa, 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 whoa. What, what happened, Jeff? Jerry West needs to stop getting caught on Uncle Dennis's voicemails. What? Is that what I think you're talking about? Probably is. <laughs> what? Dude, I, 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 I had the privilege of talking with Jeff about 15 minutes before I got here. Jeff, you, you worry me, man, because I feel like you know stuff. I got to talk. We got to talk more. I can't, I can't argue against you if you say something weird because I don't know if you're telling – I don't know if you got something like, from something from somebody. I don't know. For those who are wondering what the hell I'm talking about, Jeff used to coach with AAU basketball. And, you know, AAU is really the, the subdivision of the NBA, if you really think about it. The NCAA isn't anymore. Uncle Dennis. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, boy. Does anybody know what we're talking about with Uncle Dennis? Do I have to explain it? I think you do. Cool, bro. Is yeah, guys, Uncle Dennis is the uncle of Kawhi Leonard. Yes. <laughs> Dennis Robertson, by the way. <laughs> he should have came to L. Should have came to the Lakers, man. If Kawhi had come to the Lakers, the Lakers would have won three championships by now, instead of one. Damn shame. So. NBA All-Star no, Weekend. I don't have an Uncle Dennis. <laughs> no one named Dennis in my family. <laughs> That's a little too American. So NBA All-Star Weekend took place started to take place on Friday night. Celebrity game, rising stars game. I'm looking for one thing and one thing only. Okay. Miss Miss Clark. Versus Mr. Curry. I will be watching that. I bet you will. It's going to be a that good match. It's going to be the most watched event. This this all-star game, maybe minus the game. Okay. I want to see her Larry Bird it. Let me ask you this. When you see the rising stars and you don't see the Lakers heavily involved in there, yet we <laughs> have... Ask this question. <laughs> but yet we have... Three there young players, no rising stars. <laughs> does that does that make does that irritate you just a little? It does, considering what opportunity they had last year to have a rising star. Sure, because so far it looks like we've totally blown it for this year's draft for both the first. Oh, and the it was one, so we we can't we the thing is. We're getting on them the one year they screwed up. In the in the past, they've been done pretty well, correct? Done okay. They've, they've, they've done very well. Considering they provided the they league were... with a whole bunch of rotation players, none of which are okay. Good. Stable. So when we when you talk about when we talk about the players they they brought in in the last let's say fifteen years, mm-hmm. Jordan Clarkson, Larry Nance Jr. still playing. Julius Randle, D'Angelo Russell, Brandon Ingram, Lonzo Ball, if he's not injured, he plays, but yeah. 
right? And then you have Taylor Horton Tucker. They've had two the Mo Wagner's, the Mo Wagner's. They've had two Kyle uh, Kuzma's, Kuzma, the, the Josh two, Hart's, Josh Hart. Two. So everybody is still in the NBA. Again, they provided Lonzo, the league. Yeah, they provided the league with then, a lot of rotation players. And then you brought in two very, very, very good free agents in that in that time span as well. That one made the All Defensive Team. Uh, first team last year, and then you have Austin Reeves, who's con- who's continued to ascend here. So they've been relatively good at picking players that are serviceable. Some have made all-star teams, things like that. But how do you botch the the obvious pick? That's the problem I have from last year. In the year that they needed the most. In the year they needed a person that could play ball right away. And even if it hadn't worked, even if it hadn't worked, it was worth the risk. You're picking 17. You have to pick best player available anyways. You definitely have to pick best player available at that spot. Definitely at that spot. This is not Bill Belichick picking players so that he can control them. The reason why Bill Belichick sucks at drafting is because he purposely avoids divas all brad all brady wanted was a decent receiver a receiver that can do things right but he wouldn't like those guys that are like jefferson or jamar chase and aren't any of those high-end diva like receivers because he doesn't want to deal with them so he had to eke away at finding the edelmans and the and the uh west welkers so that they they would obey him right in this case it was worth the risk to go after somebody that could be getting what would what, what what's the seventeenth pick get paid? Two million? Three million dollars a year? Uh let me check for you. Hold on. I'm gonna check right now. So be just a minute. But yeah, I just to me it's just something you needed to land on. There were glaring picks that you know, not only we, but a whole bunch of other people could see that needed to be made correctly. Uh it's three six, just to let you know what Jay for the sixteenth pick, Jay Leto Chavima. Almost three seven. So yeah, uh, it's kind of unfair too to dog them for making a mistake one year, and they've been pretty serviceable the other years. But I don't know. It's 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 water under the bridge at this point. It doesn't matter anymore. Cool, bro. Read. Do androids dream of electric sheep uh, first when you're eighteen, and then you could watch the movie when you're eighteen, Blade Runner. What? He's talking about which is better, the Blade Runner book or movie. Philip K. Dick. The book is always yeah. better because there's more detail. Mm-hmm. But uh, so what Blade you want to Run- do is you want to watch the movie first, then read the book. Blade Runner is a magnificent piece of art that he should not see until he's 18. You watch the movie first, then read the book. Why? Because any time you read a book, you watch the movie after, and you're like, wait a minute, what happened here? This would have been better if this was here. This is Yeah. So I read, I watched The Godfather before. I read the Godfather book. It's a much better experience when you do the movie first, because then you start getting the additions. You get start getting the additions on top of the movie instead of the other way around. So you watched Fanboys today? Star Wars versus Tricky Fans, hilarious. Fanboys, one of my favorites. That's my go-to movie when I want to fall asleep, but I end up watching the whole movie most of the time. <laughs> 
so Joe Kobe Kobe uh Intel Kobe was asked that question and he said if 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 Shaq had Kobe's work ethic, he would have been the greatest NBA player that ever lived. I wouldn't disagree with that. Oh my god, that would have been that wouldn't even have been fair. That would he not probably he probably would have never left Orlando though. He probably wouldn't have had to because they would have won yeah. in ninety five. Yep, that's correct. Uh, you know what? Hold on. I don't know if that's true. So if he wasn't playing to the level you think he was capable of in Orlando, which he was playing at a pretty damn high level. No, no, no. Think- Shaq was still the best center in the NBA. Look, Shaq was the best center in the NBA after 94. 95 to 96, 97, 98, 99, 2000, 2001, 2002, 2003, 2004, 2005. He was the best, and you can even say 2006 to some degree, but 2005 for sure. Shaq was the best center in the NBA for, at the very least, 11 years, 11 seasons, and there's no there's no denying it. The, the later he got into it, the less centers there were, which makes sense because you still have Patrick Ewing, David Robinson, Hakeem playing, Alonzo Mourning back, back in the mid-90s and, and late-90s, but... Yeah, when you're the best at your position for a decade, that's other 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 that's another stratosphere in terms of greatness. But Shaq, the problem with Shaq besides his work ethic wasn't it wasn't just his work ethic; it was his attitude. You know, Brian Hill didn't get the respect. Uh, Kurt Rambis didn't get the respect. You know, because they hadn't done anything. Well, fool, why don't you why don't you help him out there? That's why you're there. I, that was that's one of the stuff that I didn't like about Shaq. He was he BSs a lot. All the stuff about you know, oh, if I had just done this with Kobe and this and this and this, I'm like, why did the hell? Why, what is that? What is the purpose of saying that now? Oh, it was about marketing. Man, shut up. You weren't being a dick to Kobe because of marketing. You were being a dick to Kobe because you resented him. That's just come on, really. So Shaq, Shaq even disrespected Pat Riley. Who's won more than Pat Riley other than Phil Jackson, right? One one discussion off one out of one hole, and then another at the same time in another hole. If you pay attention to what people say, this is a good lesson and an advice for everyone out there, especially you, cool bro, because you got a lot that you're gonna learn about the real world. You want to pay attention, really, really pay attention to when people talk. The longer you talk to them, the more you realize who they are. Because right off the bat, usually people are pretty nice, respectful. They're kind of guarded. You know, the whole representative thing, like Chris Rock used to say, you meet the representative. Then after a while, you start watching them kind of release the release the protection a little bit. And then you get a chance to see who they are. And most of the time, you'll watch a lot of people <laughs> say the, in the same discussion, the same sentence, the same paragraph, they'll say one thing and then say the exact opposite in the other. Cool, bro. Sometimes you ask questions that I'm not going to be able to answer. I, sorry, I'm sorry. I'm not. I was not going to be able to interview Philip K. Dick. He passed away quite a spell ago. So, a lot of these authors love long titles. I mean, we've interviewed some here on the program that have long titles themselves. Maybe just they just feel it's to you know how it fits their their story best. 
again, the book, yes, movie after 18. There you go. Tom Tibbs says Austin Reeves. There you go. Uh, Search is an amazing moderator. Yes, always great to when he can stop by, search and destroy. Absolutely. Uh, but Joe, before we head on out, uh, obviously the attention will turn to the Lakers coming up here after the inaction at the trade deadline, uh, getting Spencer Dinwiddie. Uh, I know that some people out there are talking about, you know, the Lakers inactivity and also as well, they didn't, you know, get themselves below the tax line and they didn't get themselves really into the tax line by getting themselves a marquee player leaving themselves to a whole bunch of speculation for the summer, which I know you really don't want to discuss, but it's, you know, continually being thrown around. Trey Young's name has been out there. Kyrie Irving's name has been out there. It becomes a very interesting story. Plus also, of course, since it's a slow news time, they're also still feeding on that Lakers golden state stuff that we discussed already. So your thoughts on why the news cycle is still continuously focusing on other things outside of what's going on in the NBA today? Because the, the NBA has gotten as boring as it's ever been. It's, it, there's no excitement in terms of the games. They tried an in-season in tournament that was sort of popular, but I feel like it was a year ago that that, 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 that happened. The NBA has a attention span issue in culture and they're trying to throw all these little things in there to offset it and i don't know if it's going to make a difference we've talked about this several times they're still getting their tv contracts they're still getting money that they want so i don't know if it matters whether they have something interesting about the nba the nba is 82 games long and no one really wants to watch 82 games as a fan, as a general fan. But I don't think they ever did before. But what they did have is there was a time where we anticipated the Celtics-Lakers in, at Christmas. We anticipated Golden State and Cleveland during the regular season. Those are gone. The, the rivalries are gone because the NBA decided to make things even. They wanted everyone to have a chance. Therefore, they've set the new standard in trying to keep everyone where they're at as much as they can. And they've been trying to do that anyways, but they're really making that happen now. It takes an extraordinary reason to trade stars or have stars move for other places and things like that nowadays. It's just... And then when, when they do leave, it's something like a James Harden where you just get sick and tired of listening to some gas bag continue to be an entitled a-hole. And, 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 and everyone seems to keep giving them what they want. So there's resentment from the fans. There's all this stuff. The NBA, I don't, I don't know. Other than the lifers like us, I really don't know if they, they really have the ability right now to, have, to grab the general audience anymore. I think there's too many entertainment outlets these days. It's not the 90s. You know, you have social media. You can access soccer online and cricket and rugby, whatever it is people want to go watch these days, whereas you didn't really have that ability back in the 90s. When you were in America, you watched hockey, the NBA, football, and baseball. That was how we grew up. 
and then you throw in NASCAR in there and tennis and golf and all that. It's it's not it's, there's not a lot of excitement in the NBA right now. The most exciting part about this weekend is a college player that's going to shoot against one of the greats right now in the NBA. That's the excitement. That's pretty sad. No one's excited about the All-Star game. No one cares about LeBron and Durant playing in an All-Star game anymore. They don't care about any of that. Once again, it is the Lakers Fast Break. It is Joe Soro along with me, Joe Glassford. Thanks so much for watching this thing. It is the Lakers Fast Break. I believe Jamie Sweet is uh, thinking about doing something tomorrow. So who knows what he's going to do for Lakers weekend, but we will have a good Lakers weekend right here at the Lakers Fast Break. We're still contemplating on the All-Star game playback. Uh, we'll see if uh, that fits our mood or if just like the players themselves, it may not fit our mood. So we'll see what happens there. But uh, cool, bro. I have over 700 archive, uh, episodes in the on the PCC. Look in the audio versions. You'll find not a, not on the go to Apple Podcasts or Spotify or uh, uh, you know just one of those outlets. I have over should have over seven hundred uh, episodes listed there, and you can see all the di directors, actors, producers uh, I've interviewed there. But here on this show, we've interviewed like three or four authors. I think Jeff Perlman is the most famous. Who is uh, the whose book is the the original source material for Winning Time, the series on Max? So, those are some of my best author interviews uh, that are here. Uh, plus Eli Ehesh, who was here last week for the Kobe uh, statue uh, unveiling. So, yeah, who is the most famous person I've ever interviewed? I don't know. Uh, it's you. Not not thing high level yet. No high level actors. Just. A um, couple of Netflix actors. Uh, one day it will be me. One day it will be him. A uh, couple of directors from some acclaimed projects uh, and films. Um, yeah, uh, you know, I'm just, staying with Darren said. I, I didn't I've done a ton of directors. I've done a ton of, uh, you know, as far as I've done authors on that show all the time uh, for smaller stuff like that. Yeah, go look at the archives. Just go look at the archives. No, it's all there. Over 700 episodes, my friend. Go look at it. It all bleeds into one after a while when you do that many. Like Lakers Fast Break is approaching 1,000 audio episodes. They all bleed into one eventually. Although we still were here live when Joe and I said Cam Whitmore for the draft on the episode. Yes, yeah, so that one we don't forget. Where do I find the archives? Apple Podcasts. It's all right there. I'll bring you up a list here. But before we head on out, Joe, again, it's the Lakers. Uh, you get 30 and 26. Been hearing a lot on these shows talking about the Lakers on whether or not they, and the, they're pairing up the Lakers and the Warriors because of what happened, but also because as well, they're the ninth and 10th spot. They're both playing well heading into the break on whether or not they have a chance to go far in the playoffs. It seems kind of mixed but it's a little bit more positive from these experts than it was in the past. Is that an encouraging sign that more people are thinking that the Lakers might have a chance to do some damage here coming up at the last part of the season? What else is there to think about? Mm -hmm. Are you excited about the Minnesota Timberwolves making a run? Not really. Are you excited about the Oklahoma City Thunder making a run? Uh, Does anybody give more. 
Wirtz for the LA Clippers and their geriatric team? Mm-hmm. No. Denver? Yeah, they're the champions, but I bet you if you went on the streets right now and, and surveyed 10 people and asked them who won the championship last year, maybe maybe one will say Denver. Mm. Lakers are the only show in the NBA that matter. LeBron is a probably the most polarizing all-time great I've, I've seen in this era. I think Kareem was probably the other guy back then, but the, his polarizing was more out, off, off the court, his personality versus what LeBron does on, on the court. But No, I've never interviewed Cooper Cup. Cool, bro. I've only interviewed uh, players heading into the draft, uh, players that uh, I was asked by uh, representatives uh, who actually never ended up making it into the league. They were such long shots. So I haven't interviewed too many players or athletes uh, from that measure. That's something I never really wanted to get into. But again, if if they reach out with their representatives, who knows? I'll sit down with them. I'll chat. But yeah, you can take a look at my entire library right there in the chat room. I put the link there for you. Look cool, bro. People always believe in the flippers. Clippers were 22 to start the year. Vegas likes them. Yeah, they like them now. But the Lakers are now a 50 to one shot here in Vegas. Too high, too low, or just right? I would I would drop a hundred bucks on that just in case. That's a really? that's that's not a bad yeah, they're plus five thousand right now. Yeah. So that'd be good. That'd be that'd nice be... to drop a hundred and one five thousand. Yeah. It would be nice. So yep, at uh, if you want to take a look out there as far as if whether you're betting out online or you're betting here locally in Vegas, uh, yeah, that the odds uh, recently were put out there. In fact, I mentioned it here on the show. The Lakers have dropped from a twenty to one to fifty to one odds. So yeah, definitely uh, thinking that maybe the Lakers are considered a long shot by Vegas, but still, some people actually have faith that the Lakers may make some noise here. If they do so, I think a really, really uh, big thing has to happen it's vando has to come back especially the vando that we saw that last week before he played not the one that played the weeks prior the one where he got himself right maybe got himself finally to a level healthy he could actually play consistently how important is jared vanderbilt playing at the level he did just before he got hurt coming back he's important uh, but he's not coming back so everybody needs to come to grips with that. Neither is Gabe Vincent. And even if he does, they'll be shells of themselves. Okay. But I don't think actually, uh, I don't think Vandal's coming back. You don't think Vandal? Okay. Again, we don't know for sure. He is going to be reevaluated three to four weeks after the injury when he sustains. I think it's about another week to two weeks before we we can actually say that we'll get an answer for how long he will be out. But yeah, Alan uh, is correct. It's an iffy situation at best, I think, for Vando if he comes back. But if he comes back and can play the way he did, understand where his role is, what he needs to do, not go out to the three-pointer very much, go inside, cut to the basket, be there for offensive rebounds, be there to go ahead and and play the kind of defense we know. that That's a big thing because Cam Reddish – you know what? We had some hope for him in November when he was leading the league in steals for that month before he got injured. But now we've seen the kind of Cam Reddish tail off to where he's, uh, you know what, might be 
contributing on a semi-regular basis at best, Joe? If it's important to understand that you're not going to play 12 guys in a game. So Vando comes back, Cam comes back, Matt Christie comes back, Gabe Vincent comes back. Who's? How are you going to distribute the minutes at that point then? Right now, you have a team right now that's playing pretty well. Spencer Dinwiddie is a better player than Max Christie. Would you agree with that? Yes. Okay, so you picked up a player off the scrap heap that's a better player than what you had on the roster. That's a good thing. That's a good thing. Right now, Rui is finally getting minutes as a starter, and look what's going on. Stick to what's working right now. Don't don't disturb the, 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 the momentum that they have right now working together. If you want to add another guy in there, okay, cool. Start getting two, three, four more in there. Can't trust Darvin Ham with that. He doesn't know how to distribute minutes correctly. And plus, more than more than seven, eight guys on in a rotation, will, you have to have mentally strong and understanding players to do that. This team doesn't necessarily have the type of player that could come in for, for, for eight minutes and really make an impact. So why would you why would you mess with that? We're signaling the ref for a quick timeout, but we'll be back with more of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Hey, Lakers fans. Looking for the best place to go for up-to-date news, information, original videos, articles, podcasts, opinion pieces, and discussions about the Los Angeles Lakers? Well, look no further than Lakerholics.com. With a legion of followers always there talking about everything Lakers and the NBA, there's no better place to go to share your fandom as the team heads toward another championship run. So stop by and be part of the conversation today at Lakerholics.com. Gary says Ham is going to botch any momentum for the Lakers. Are you worried about that as well? We know Gary is because Gary's... Oh yeah, I'm, Gary. always, I'm always worried about it. <clears throat> I'm worried about getting coached in big games. Because mm-hmm. people are worried, you know, because they've they've won eight out of the last eleven, six out of the last seven. As it I might mentioned. not even be, it might not even be the rotation. It might not even be that. It might be his ability to control the game. The, the The job of the coach is to control his team's emotion, understand what the pulse of his team is feeling. It's a it's stuff that we're not really seeing a lot because you're not on the court. Are you seeing something going on that's making certain players not attentive to certain things? Are they frustrated? Are they are they kind of mixed up? I, I don't know if he has any ability to control those things and keep guys focused. The job of the coach is to keep his team ready. It's just it's not just calling timeouts after a a 10 or run by your opponent or inserting this particular player in there versus this other player. It's not just that it's understanding what's going on with your team in those moments. That's a good point. So I'll give you an example. Last year, LeBron was going to the basket at will in the first half of game four of the Western conference finals. The Lakers, I believe were up 13 points in the first half. In the second half, LeBron didn't go to the basket anymore and the Lakers lost. Why did that happen? Is it just as simple as the Lakers ran out of gas? 
Okay. Well, I'd like to think in a, in a, in a game like that, that's where coaching becomes important. You got to be able to figure that out. How are you going to make that work in the second half? Great point. So you're not really excited about what's going to go happen outside of Caitlin versus Curry. You know that you know the feeling you have for movies now versus when you had it about even ten years ago. What's the difference? I'll tell you what the difference is. There used to be an anticipation excitement when it came to films, when it came to an all-star game, when it came to the Pro Bowl, the Major League Baseball all-star game. There was this excitement. There was this buildup. Now, it's not all the league's fault, but it's the culture of, of the world now. There's so much other entertainment. It, 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 it's, it's gotten lost in the... We have to see a tweet by some dumbass say something. That's our entertainment now. It can't be focused on the, the players or what's going on with the game. It's not all their fault. It's our attention spans. This whole thing with Taylor Swift and the NFL, it, it's just like, like what, what, is, what does that do? What is that doing? What, 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 what are you enabling when you do stuff like that? How does that help anything? Is it just so that you can get eyes, so that you can make money on advertisement? Is everything about that? If everything's about money, then money that loses its value in my book. If everything is always about money, it loses its value. And you lose yours too. Excitement. The, the anticipation. Let's talk about since Cool Bros talking your ear off about all this film and stuff. The anticipation for Phantom Menace in 99, how big was it? Big. Then three years later, Attack of the Clones, there was a three-year window. Anticipation buildup. Three years later, Revenge of the Sith. It's, 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 it's the fun part sometimes is the anticipation, the waiting, the excitement. No one does that anymore. No one builds up any excitement in anything anymore. Everything is about, well, we don't want to get hurt. Well, we don't want to offend this person. Well, we don't want to do this. Well, we, 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 we worried about some other jackass who has nothing to do with the sport or the players. We have to worry about them. How about making sure your core audience is getting what they want? Us, the ones that watch all 82 games. Do something for us. Stop doing stuff for Swifties. Be loyal to them. They're the ones that buy the gear. And when you look at, and just to give you another example, uh, what's her name? Blake Lively. Is it Blake Lively? Blake Lively? Mm-hmm. Ryan Reynolds' wife. She had $100,000 worth of Tiffany gear on her, which made, made sense because I couldn't figure out why she was going crazy. Like, what the hell is this? She's not a Chiefs fan. Well, she was acting. To get the attention next to her friend, knowing that this is what it would be. So my guess is, I don't know if this happened, but I'm, I'm, I'm putting some common sense in this. My guess is they're probably friends. And she's like, hey, I just got paid $100,000 to half a million dollars, whatever. 
to show off this stuff. Can I stay? Can I go to the game with you? I'll pay my share for the. They'll pay the, their share for the box. See how everything's always about that. Everything's fake. The 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 end the end discussion of this is is more fakeness. I have to look at more fake bullshit. Cool, bro. I'm just gonna say this: if you just go to the link I showed you and just scroll down, you can scroll to any one of the episodes of the Pop Culture Cosmos. You click on it, and it gives you the whole description right there. That's Spotify. That's what I use. I think I think Apple Podcast does the same thing. So there you go. If you succumb to the ads and the advertisers. Then you've sold. Then then the product is going to suffer. So, Joe, outside of that, are you really looking forward to anything this weekend outside of Caitlin versus Curry? I, I might watch the game. I, I do like that they went back to the West and East thing. Okay. So I might watch it. Let me know so we can advertise it. We might do a playback on it. So. I'm more excited about the second half of the season. To be honest with you, I, I wish this was. I like that they're going to get some rest, but. I don't know. I just hope it didn't stunt them. Yeah, Rob McCallum is one of my uh, good friends. He's also a sponsor for the Pop Culture Cosmos. He has directed probably over a dozen uh, documentaries. Some have been award-winning and acclaimed. His latest one uh, is based off of uh, the Canadian version of Mr. Rogers, Mr. Dress Up, that uh, is now on Amazon Prime. Uh, Nintendo Quest. There's been several that he's made that have earned uh, great acclaim so yeah he's a close fr- friend and i can i've interviewed him dozens of times uh, for the show but yes uh there's there's tens and tens of interviews out there I've, i i don't know how many interviews i've had with people that's just over 700 episodes cool bro i've had a lot of interviews with again actors directors producers authors video game developers musicians for the PCC, so yes. Wait, Gerald, can that Rob guy make an action movie starring me? Well, he kind of got out of the drama. He did one. Uh, he did a low-budget uh, film many years ago. Didn't go over very well, so he went to... He found his niche with documentaries, so he's a documentary. And uh, he also makes uh, commercials. He got actually... He did one for the Chicago White Sox, which uh, earned some awards as well. So there you go. Cool, bro. You could be in the next Spy Kids movie. Yes. I know you've tried out for roles. Cool, bro. Should keep at it. There you go. Just keep at it. Get an agent. Get you in there for those screen tests. Get your good Welcome role. Welcome to Dodger Baseball. We're going to be talking do, a lot about I mean, Joe, are you going to go? Do you have an agent? Negative. But I will. You will. So, See? Uh, did you? Did you at one time? No, I had a manager, but not an agent. Okay. All right. So that's yes, just asking. So well, some people don't know the difference. <laughs> Gary A says he's looking forward to some Dodgers baseball. I think we all are. Even I might uh be down in the Dodger Blue this year. We'll see. Gerald, when's that Rob guy coming on PCC next? Well, he uh canceled out because he got busy uh doing a shoot in January. Uh I'll I'll hit him up here in the next few days. Uh and uh, see what's going on. I talked to him the other day about some other stuff. So yeah, let, next time I get around to talk to him, I'll ask him when he wants to stop by. He He's a very busy guy, uh, like we all are. Tyrone says he's a Phillies fan. 
Any thoughts on the Phillies, Joe, before we head on out? Uh, Tyrone, uh, I'm hoping the uh, for you all. Phillies, Phillies have the last two times they were in the World Series, they irritated the hell out of me. They needed to beat Houston and they needed to beat the Yankees in all nine, and they failed miserably. Kubro, he'll only do that if there's money involved for him to. Sorry, do Ty, I'm not happy with the Phillies. They 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 lost in the in the in the in the World Series to two teams that wasn't wanting them to win. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. They should have won that World Series. That's all I'll say, Cobra. That's all I'll say. But once again, it is the Lakers fast break. It is Joe Sora along with me, Joe Glassford. Thanks so much for watching this. If you have any thoughts on who should make this year's Hall of Fame for basketball, Naismith, basketball, NBA Hall of Fame, please let us know your thoughts uh, right there in the chat. Right down below in the comments on Facebook or YouTube or LakersFastBreak at Yahoo.com. But again, looks like Jamie Sweet most likely will be manning the ship tomorrow. I said he might bring on somebody special. We'll wait and see. Uh, but if not, Joe and I will probably pick up the reins anyways at some point in time. Sunday, I'm trying to get our good friend Alfred Esmond. He uh, wants to come back on the show. He loves our community here at the Lakers Fast Break, so wants to come on on Sunday. Joe and I may be doing a playback after all. We'll see if we're available to do so then. Uh, is Laker Tom doing okay? I keep asking him if he wants to do a Lakerholics, and I think he's kind of upset. I think he is kind of upset, to be honest with you, about what happened at the trade deadline. So he's kind of like grumbling and grumbling and not wanting to be on the show because he doesn't want to, I think, hear it from everybody out there. But I'll eventually get him back on the show. I'll eventually, I'll, I'll nag him to death to get on the, well, not literally, but I'll nag him to get on the show. So we'll see still moving. Could be, who knows? I just asked him today. I said, do you want to come back? Lakerholics on Saturday? He's like, I can't, Gerald. No. What are they individually wrapping forks and spoons? Each one plates. Wait, the Rob guy worked on jumper. Yes. I'm sure he knows Hayden Christensen probably in passing. They were on the same set. So cool, bro. So I'm assuming that he might know him just a little, but that's it. That's I'm sure Hayden is probably has no memory of Rob McCallum. So check out my interviews with Rob. They're really funny. They're really good. He's a, he's a good interview. So plus he does a lot of the voices for some of the, the breaks on that show as well. You'll be, You'll hear his voice uh, almost, almost every episode. Uh, Kurt Affair says, let Tom know he's missed. We don't see enough Coke and shades. I will let him know that, Kurt. I will convey that to him uh, and see if he can get him on. we can get him on the show next week. Am I doing okay, Gerald? Is Mrs. Glassford okay? I hope so. I heard her walking by and talking on the phone. So I guess it's okay. I guess she's okay. I just talked to her before I went on the air. Was that a threat? That's Henry. <laughs> I know. Am I doing okay? Gerald. I hope I'm doing okay. Are you doing okay? That's almost like Ghostface. That, uh, if, you know, it's kind of scary the first start off with. So awkward silence there. But once again, it is the Lakers fast break. Truly appreciate you joining us. 
Looking forward to a great Lakers weekend, All-Star weekend. I can't wait for the season to get back underway. It's more exciting. We get more amped up. The crowd is livelier. Well, unless we're talking about tidy whities but that's beside the point. You know, it's usually a lot livelier during the course of the season. So we'll see what happens. But once again, it is the Lakers fast break. It is Joe Soro. Please check out Joe Soro's company, Simblades, SimbladesWithAY.com. I saw a truck today here in Vegas with a, that deals with synthetic turf. So I forgot the name of it. I'm looking at my, yeah, their presentation sounds good as Simblades. Simblades with a Y.com. Do we have a peak? Uh, do we have a pick on East winning versus West for Sunday, Joe? Who knows? They they stop playing around the second quarter and they just throw the ball to each other. Yeah, I have no clue. It's a layup that. line. I if they get to two hundred, then it might get interesting. Get to two hundred. There you go. Once again, it is the Lakers fast break. Joe and I hopefully will be seeing you this weekend, maybe for the All-Star game, maybe for something else. Who knows what the Lakers weekend will entail for us, but we'll find out. Coming up this weekend, a fabulous Lakers weekend indeed, right here at the Lakers fast break podcast. <laughs>